will adapt. Um, so, some months ago, when we figured out that we were having to move, we came to the realization that, you know, this is a reality of a church that doesn't own a building, we're either going to have to move or there, certainly there's the possibility that we're going to have to move. And with that in mind, and understanding that a church is not a building, I started to contemplate on what are the distinctives of Canton Bible Church. What are those things that set us apart? What are the things that make us who we are? What are the things that we are about? Make us want to belong here and make us feel that we do. And I expanded that a little bit. Okay, what was it that brought Nancy and I here? What was it that kept us here and made us want to join? And then expand it just a little bit further. Let's, let's not just focus in on, on us, but what is it that all true believers ought to be focusing on? What are the distinctives of all true believers? Now, with that in mind, three subjects showed up. Now, there were more than three, but three showed up at the top of my list. And today and the next few times, I'll be sharing those. Today, I want to talk about the love of the Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we bow our heads before you, and, and Father, we are here on a beautiful fall day, um, a day in the season that so many of us love so much. But Father, we look at the beautiful leaves and, and, the, and the stuff that's going on and see your glory in that. And Father, we recognize that those leaves are going to fall and, and pass away, but your glory does not. Father, we are here for your glory. Father, we are here to open your words and have your glory revealed. Father, we ask that I would fade away and that it would be your words. Father, that I would be nothing more than a, than a tool or a conduit in your hands. Father, that you would touch our hearts and, Father, that you would change us. Father, we thank you. It's in and through the precious name of Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. So, y'all, just so that the rest of our time together, you aren't wondering what the other two items are, I'm going to give those to you, and then we can continue. Uh, again, the first one is the love of the Word. The second is love of and dedication to prayer. And the third one is love of the body in tangible ways. All of those things are very possible without a building. It requires a body. But having said that, it certainly goes without saying, so I'll say it anyhow, that none of these are possible in their truest sense without the overarching love of God. These become very important through the love of God. But we look at it, and are they still important even if we don't love God? Because we know that there are people that, that don't. Well, yes, the Bible is still great literature. And even people that don't believe feel better with prayer. And who doesn't want 
relationships with like-minded people. But having said that, I understand that there might be people here today that don't believe. And if you don't, we're glad you're here. But we ask that you continue to listen. And if anything that is said that brings questions to your mind, please see us afterward. We'd love to talk to you. So, with that said, the Word of God, what is it? Let's define it. In its most basic and simple form, it's things God has said. It's pretty simple. During the summers, the men's Bible study historically takes a bit of a break from a book study and studies through systematic theology. And if we look to systematic theology, to what the Word of God is, we find out that the Word of God is actually a number of things. Number one, it's a person, Jesus Christ. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Number two, it's God's decrees or, or his official orders. These cause things to happen. Genesis 1 and 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Three, God's words of personal address. When God speaks to a person or persons, think about Adam and Eve, Moses, or when Christ was baptized. Number four, words spoken through human lips. Think of Moses and the prophets. And then fifth, written form. What we call the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the full canon. With that foundation, we see that the love of the Word is important if we love God and are true believers. We love the Word because Jesus, our Lord, is the Word. We see His decrees that the Word of God is powerful. By His words, God spoke creation into being. Y'all, that, that alone is enough. That's power of a magnitude that we are unable to comprehend. I'm convinced that we live in a world where there are words that are in common usage and widely used that do not have common meaning or understanding. And one of those words is love. So what do I mean by love of the word? Well, I can tell you what I don't mean. I don't mean we like it or you get a little heart sign, or all these approvals on public media or social media, what I mean is that we see what God has said and we feast on his word. We read his word. We desire his word. 
We keep his word in our hearts. We protect and defend the word. We share the word and we apply the word in our daily lives. So why do we love the word? I ask that question again. Our primary text today and the verses we're going to be starting from are John 17, 13 through 20, what we commonly know as the high priestly prayer. And in this case, we're going to be looking at the word made flesh, speaking words to the Father that are now part of the written word that we have today. So read along with me, please. But now I am coming to you that these things I speak in the world, that they may, be my, they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As I sent them into the world, as you sent them in, I'll get it right in a minute. As you sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. Let's unpack that just a little bit. First, we see that Jesus is coming to the Father. At this point, he is still on the earth, and he's marching steadily toward the cross. He speaks these things while in the world, so he's speaking in the present tense. He's not been crucified, dead, and raised from the dead. So he's asking for this stuff at present tense. And what's he asking for? He's asking for a number of things. First, that his joy be fulfilled in them. And what is this joy that we're talking about here? It's the inward joy that gives strength to overcome. In Nehemiah 8 and 10, then he said to them, go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has not prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. But you may say, but, but, but Grady, Jesus was known as a man of sorrows. Isaiah 53 and 3 says, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. And he was indeed that. But he was also a man of deep and abiding joy. Jesus had previously spoken about that joy in John 15, 9 through 11. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. 
abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This joy comes from obedience. Obedience to what? Well, the commandments that are contained in the Word. We love the Word because it brings us joy and the strength to endure. Jesus was indeed a man of joy, and he revealed that joy to others. His joy was not the temporary happiness that comes from situations, but it was the deep and abiding joy that was inward spiritual resource that was generally hidden from the world. Only his disciples were told. This is the kind of joy he wants for us, and we can have it through the word. The word says, Your words are found, and I ate them, and your words became to me joy and the delight of my heart. Jeremiah 15, 16. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Psalm 119, 14. And I rejoice at thy word as one who finds great spoil. A few weeks ago, I mentioned to you guys a Hebrew word, deanu. Translated, it would have been enough. So many of these things that God provides to us, one alone would have been enough. And this joy and the salvation that comes through this would have been enough. But God keeps giving. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. You know, not only does this word convey joy, but it assures us of his love for us. You see that the world hates us, and we are, not, we are able to not only endure that, but to confront it through his love. The world hates us because we do not believe in or participate in its system. John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But you, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. The world competes for and wants to supplant our love for God wants us to participate in its system and not his. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, it is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Have you noticed that the world is just always talking about how horribly exclusive 
Christianity is. And yet, in the same moment, they want that same kind of exclusivity to their system. And have you ever noticed that people in general are much more willing to invite you to participate in sin than in righteousness? At one point, years ago, when I had a real job, my boss came to me and asked me not to participate in company functions anymore. He told me it was because when I was there, I made the other people uncomfortable and ill at ease because of their behavior, their habits, and what they would not remember the next day. The world is uncomfortable when we are living the word. And not only does the world give the word give us joy and love, but it also gives us the power to live holy lives. David spoke about this last week. Those who live holy lives glorify God. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They, do not, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. It also passes on the power for holy living. In the verses just before the verses we read in John 17, 6 through 12, we read, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I glorified I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. For as I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that scripture may be fulfilled. So in those verses, in the Lord's Prayer, what we're seeing is that he was praying in that section for the security and the protection of the people, of his people. But today in our text, what he is praying for is sanctification, practical, holy living to the glory of God. Now, sanctification is a big churchy word. Bible Dictionary calls it, or it says, sanctification refers to the concept of being set apart as sacred. In Genesis, we see that God called the seventh day sacred. 
In Leviticus, it talks about his people being sacred as it's talking, going through the purity. And in the New Testament, it's reflected as Jesus having his, set himself and his followers apart. So it's being set apart. MacArthur says that perfect sanctification is flawless obedience from the heart to the will of God known and understood perfectly. Let me repeat that. Perfect sanctification is flawless obedience from the heart to the will of God known and understood perfectly. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We're physically here, but we must not act like the world. We are called apart. Sometimes we think it would be easier if we were out of the world. But that's not right thinking because Jesus is saying clearly that he's not asking that the Father take us out of the world. Wherever we go, we take our sinful selves with us and the powers of darkness follow us. So Jesus is not asking that these people, including us, be taken out of the world. What he's asking is that the world be taken out of us. I've met with people who have gone into spiritual isolation, and most of them have found that that just doesn't work. So what is it that we are to resist in this world? Well, we read it just a moment ago in John, 1 John 2 and 16. For that is in the world the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. So Jesus asks the Father to keep us from the evil one. Jesus used the power of the word when he was tempted in the wilderness. If you'll remember, he quoted scripture three times, and what happened? In John 4.11, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Y'all, the word has the power to transform us. Paul states in Romans 12, Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, we are able all by ourselves to conform. That comes natural and easy. But the word has the power to transform us. Transform is a thorough or dramatic change in form, appearance, or character of someone or something. I can't answer for y'all, but transformation is what I need. There's still too much of Grady alive and kicking. And Jesus continues, and he gives another reason to love the word. Thy word is truth. And really, isn't truth what we won't need? Did y'all ever notice 
that even liars don't like to be lied to? In, in my business career, I found that I had to encourage people a number of occasions not to tell me what they thought I wanted to hear, but to tell me the truth. And I would give them some coaching on why not to share with me what they thought I wanted to hear. First and easiest, they didn't know what I wanted to hear. At best, it would have been a guess or an assumption. But secondly, I couldn't make good decisions, plans, or changes or corrections based on a lie. We need the truth. This is how we raise our children. And isn't it a shame that often it's not how we model to them? John, who wrote this gospel through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knew how important the word was, which is truth. It was truth, and it is truth. And in fact, in his short epistle, 2 John, he mentions truth five times in four short verses. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who love the truth, who know the truth, because the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace with, be with us. From God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly to find that some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. Jesus knew that sanctification came by the truth. And he wanted people walking in the truth. And John rejoiced when he saw them walking in the truth because this is the path to progressive spiritual growth. Isn't that what we want? God's truth has been given to us in three forms. We've seen it already. His word is truth. John 17, 17 says, your word is truth. His son is truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. And his spirit is truth. 1 John 5 and 6, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. And we need all three of these to experience sanctification, a sanctification that touches the innermost part. With the mind, we learn God's truth through the word. With the heart, we love God's truth, his son. And with the will, we yield to the spirit and live God's truth day by day. It takes all three to experience sanctification. To further emphasize it, John, in 1 John 2, 4 and 6 says, 
Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not found in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever, he says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And you may be saying to yourself, self, or whatever you call yourself when you're talking to yourself, what he just said is hard. I don't know if I can do that. And if your internal dialogue is saying that to you, it's right. You can't. I can't. None of us can. But only through his power can that be done. As you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. Y'all, here we have some really good news. Yes, indeed, we're supposed to be sanctified. But read Jesus' words. For their sake. Y'all, that's them and that's us. He is headed to the cross and praying for us. He's praying for his disciples then and now. Jesus sanctified himself so that we may be sanctified in truth. We can't do that, but through him and his spirit, we can be sanctified. Now, is this verse saying that Jesus made himself more holy? No, he couldn't be more holy. But what it is saying is that he was dedicating himself and the and to the Father in the interest of the disciples. We see his example of dedication to the will of the Father as demonstrated in his unswerving acceptance of the cross that lay before him. His unswerving acceptance that that would be a standard for their and our sanctification. So the word gives us joy, gives us love, and the power to live a holy life. Sanctification is not for the purpose of, of selfish enjoyment or being able to be boastful, but it's so that we might represent Christ in this world and win others to him. The Father sent him into the world, and now he sends us into the world. We are a people under orders, and we must obey. Jesus is now set apart in heaven, and he's praying for us that our witness must bear fruit as many repent in their sins and turn toward the Lord. But in that last verse, did, did y'all hear it? I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. 
Jesus made no distinction between those who heard him saying it personally and those who heard it through others. We're to carry his word to our world. And you know, today we have greater access to the word than at any time in history. I would bet right here, right now, that most of us have one or two devices or paper or whatever that have the word on it in good translations in easily understood language. So if we have this wonderful thing in our possession, what are we to do with it? Stick it on a shelf or, or maybe better on a coffee table so, so people can see it. Um, I, uh, I have a pastor friend and they were doing church visitation. And one night as he finished his, his visitation, walking toward the door and the man of the house grabbed up a Bible and said, wait, wait, you're forgetting your Bible. Not knowing that it was his Bible and he had set it out for display so the pastor could see it. Y'all, we don't need to do that. We are to cherish the word. We're to read it. We're to study it. We're to pray that the truths found in it be manifested and readily visible in us. We're to assemble and worship and hear the word of God proclaimed. We're to do it in our homes. We're to do it anywhere we go. We have been given such a wonderful gift. So, if we love God, it stands to reason that we're going to take the opportunity to hear from him. I can't imagine a circumstance when I was dating my Nancy. Had she written a letter to me, that I would have left it unopened. The God of the universe who created us and loved us and has sacrificed so much for us has written us that love letter. So one of the distinctives of Canton Bible and of true believers is the love of the word. Y'all pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have given us your word. Father, we ask that we would treat it with the gratitude that, we, that it deserves. Father, that we'd, we'd read it, we would digest it. Father, that we would live it. Father, that we would share the truths found in it with a world that needs it desperately. Father, that we would live it so that they would see that our words and our actions match. Father, we thank you. We praise you and we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.